and welcome to Rebel FM Tired Edition. Um, I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is a very tired Arthur Geese. I feel like every edition is Tired Edition lately. Yeah, well, you just increasingly seem like you're you're ready to drop dead when we get home. I just missed a day of of appropriate sleep and rest, and it's fucked me up. Um, and then there's Tyler Barber, who's well in good spirits and well caffeinated. Yeah, I, you know, I had a Starbucks on the way over here, uh, and no new episode of Lost this week, so like my mind won't be lost during the podcast like th- thinking okay. about podcast over the uh <laughs> fucking lost jokes. well i mean we're coming towards the end of this of the show it's man it's pretty it's monumental exciting. time for it's me it's a major television and cultural event yeah i've been following the show on television since the second season i am very excited to hear you people not talk about lost anymore (laughs) (laughs) no you know what i mean it's fine i don't have anything against lost like if they end it in a way that you guys find satisfying Mm -hmm. then i might actually watch it cool but i refuse to become involved in that show without knowing for sure that it has an ending that that it pays off well so far it so far so good with the last season, uh, so we'll see. You, watching Twitter, you guys are like back and forth. It's like an abusive relationship. It or is. It is. Um, and then there's Matt Shandrinay. Hi. <laughs> Finally. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Should we still call you a guest, Matt? Um, um, call him. I, if, well, unless you're planning on having me on every single week then probably you should still call me a guest. That is entirely up to you, sir. You have an open <laughs> invitation, a standing invitation, if you will. I appreciate that. Uh, maybe not a guest, your company. Yeah. We I was going to say, like, what do you call a house guest that is, like, overstaying? <laughs> or, yeah. um, Paul, I believe. Hey, Paul never overstays. I'm kidding. Them. No, Paul is, 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 is a like great a, guy. a weekend at Bernie's situation or something? Or? Um, so... <laughs> So hit us Speaking up. With, Bernie's, he wasn't so dead. Be, before we talk about video games, hit us up with a cat fact. What you got? Okay, oh yeah. God, so, really? There's another one. So, yeah, uh, and so I actually wrote this one down, but I was in a hurry on my way here, so I left my notebook at home. But luckily, I remember the story, so <clears throat> I can give it to you guys. So, okay, I was reading the headline about um, there's an old uh, an old town. In a rural town that has this this really uh, and this antique shop that was getting a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of goodwill. Like a lot of people saying, "Man, you know, you bring your antiques to this place and they can restore them like never before." And it was big because the antique road show was would be like, "Okay, where'd you get this restored?" And they were like, "Old man's." And so people wanted to know how they could restore the furniture so well. And they eventually found the old man, but, but you know, he would never tell, tell people yeah. what it was. Cat Cat not. Eventually passed away, and some f- people went to his barn to see, you know, th- you know, they were going <laughs> to go through his stuff. And you open the barn, and there was uh, ten cats licking a dresser. Licking it? The sandpaper tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Cat facts. <laughs> All right. The show is just becoming Tim and Eric more and more every week. Because we had one cat fact. That's two cat facts. Ah, uh, whatever. Ostensibly, <laughs> uh, people like us because we do silly things and do game talks. So let's do some game talk. I think it's because of your sweet ass, actually. But so, so that's why I keep coming back on. Um, that's keep- why your company. <laughs> people people played games this week. Mm-hmm. People played some Alan Wake this week. Talk <laughs> about the first chapter of Alan Wake. Yes, we did. Um, 
First off, Alan Wake does not suck. Not at all. I heard the only thing I've heard about it so far <coughs> is in the first chapter is that it's very easy and that you might want to play it on hard if you're pretty good at yeah. shooting. Uh, but that's only, yeah. I mean, for me, the first episode, it like I, I want a game like this to be easy because for me, it's more about the horror experience Dude, and how effective yeah. that is. But, it, 100%, but you don't yeah. find it more horrific being like lower on ammo and that sort of thing? No, because that, that feels more like the game element to me than it does the horror element. You don't need to be low on ammo in this game to feel like you're in danger. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my big issue right now is that uh, the dodge move sucks. Really? I'm, I'm See, I, I just wonder only move. because uh, I've played other survival horror games where, like, being empowered with any sort of weapon that you can use a lot mm-hmm. kind of took away from it as opposed to some other ones. I'm not saying you need tank controls because you don't, but mm-hmm. just having, like, a really good shooting mechanic and having a ton of ammo just made mm-hmm. it to where it was like, nah, another enemy. I, I feel like, I, feel like with the, I really enjoy the shooting mechanic in this game, but... I do feel constantly like, you know, I'm in danger because, like I said, for me anyway, the dodge move sucks. I feel like I dodge and half the time I still get by somebody else who's throwing an axe or somebody who is behind me that I didn't see, you know. But you like it? I haven't had any problems with the dodge move once I remembered how to do it. (laughs) Uh, It is a little awkward. (laughs) I played it for about 45 minutes and then went a day without playing it and forgot. So I was like Mm. fucking with the controls for a good time. It's like what, right bumper and left stick or something? It's the left bumper and the left stick. stick. Um, Both lefts. But, uh, I mean, the tension, it keeps ratcheting up the tension because there will be extended points where you know that there can be guys coming, but you won't know where. Mm-hmm. And they will just sort of materialize, and they're not slow. No. These right. are not zombies that you're shooting at. These are guys that are really fast and sound crazy. Yeah. They, yeah, they yeah, I mean, creepy run after you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. are just as fast as you are. Yeah, they I, are. I, I don't know how long the first chapter goes, but, I mean, I, I remember in the demo they showed it, the X-10 thing was like, the part where you were dealing like with this one crazy logger guy or yeah that, like that's that. all yeah. the first chapter. okay so yeah so i, I played yeah. that part anyway yeah, yeah. That's yeah all and, the first episode and for, for me as far as the difficulty thing because one of the storytelling metaphors they're using is the is like television shows like lost you know mm-hmm. and um so i i don't want difficulty getting in the way of me completing an episode you know if that makes mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. like i don't I don't want to be challenged to get through an episode of Lost, you know? Like, I just want to sit down and it sort of happen at me. Hmm. And that, that's what I feel like is happening with Alan Wake. And um, the but I, and I think the sort of smart thing that they do to cover up the fact that they're giving you a lot of ammo is just the whole mechanic of shining your light on something until it's vulnerable. And which you have is, so many different finite resources. Like, yeah. you have batteries for the flashlight, mm-hmm. which can slowly recharge. But if there's a ton of guys, you you will need to use batteries. Mm-hmm. Like, you use a whole battery. And it's you a separate reload button from your from your pistol reload. Yeah. You have to use two batteries. Because it's like focusing do. the flashlight burns batteries. Is that yeah. what it yes. is? Yeah. Okay. Um, and just you, just pointing your flashlight, not focusing it, does a little bit of damage as far as burning away the dark. But, but it, it doesn't, doesn't slow them down. And I, I think that's so smart. The fact that your flashlight, just regular, can still take away, but but then you know you supercharge it when you really want to get it get in there, you know, uh, and, and and also when you supercharge, it blinds the enemies and sort of stops them in their track. Yeah, like, we're about to throw their. What ass. other finite resources are there? I mean, ammo. Like, oh, okay. you, you, there's not a ton of ammo. The most pistol ammo I've ever had is like forty, and it could take anywhere between two to five bullets to take someone out. Yeah, forty-two is the maximum you can hold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. And then shotgun ammo is very, very Super slim, rare. and yeah. flares are not common. 
totally un- uncommon. Like flare guns, a flare like actual flares, you find more of eventually, though not in the first chapter. Dude. So I can't mm-hmm. really talk and, about them. And, and when you shoot them in the air, like in between the trees, oh my fucking god, dude, it looks so amazing. And yeah, the, that's the, the thing light. about this game is that Jesus Christ, they clearly spent a ton of time on the visual effects in this game, and especially oh, the lighting. My. It looks like really fucking good yeah i feel like a lot of the the character models and the animations really do feel like this game should have come out when it was first supposed to come out but the lighting that surrounds all of this kind of other substandard art really ratchets up its quality I don't visually think the character models are bad i think that the animations are really awkward particularly yeah, the jump the and run models are kind of bad too. i i, I mean, don't they have, have like awkward geometry models. um but uh it, Otherwise, it is one of the best-looking games on the system. Yes. I, I tweeted, I was like, the best-looking trees this generation. The trees look so good in this game. <laughs> and the, the wind moves the, them. The way the, move the wind moves the trees. I mean, you know, in, in, in painting, correct me if I'm wrong, there's like this the, the technique um, where as things get further away, they get lighter. Like yeah, atmospheric, it's atmospheric perspective. Atmospheric perspective, right? Yeah. So it's like you, you, they really almost exaggerate that with the trees. Like a tree right in front of you is darker than the tree. Like right, just those little bitty changes in the values. Of, you know, something as the color of the tree does so much to like set the scene in this game. I don't know. And it yeah. even looks good in daylight. Too. Yeah, it's not yeah, like I was going to say that as well. Yep. And I really love that effect when. You know when you're in danger, when kind of that fog and wind blows through, and it's, oh, right. dude, that's so it's like a creepy, black fog, dude. yeah. And it and there's different parts of your screen that kind of like uh, are obfuscated in mm-hmm. different ways, yeah. as though they're almost being pushed through some kind of alternate dimension. And uh, it's it is really really creepy because the sound effects go along with it really well too. Right. And when those when these guys step out of they spawn out of the darkness mm-hmm. and they're all covered and they're coming at you and. Uh, for me, that's a lot. A lot of where the horror element comes in, like you were saying, Anthony, about being able to have a ton of ammo and shoot everything in front of you. But for me, it's it's more about this this audio visual experience where these things are coming out of like this because you can't really see when that visual effect is going on. I feel like for me, there's a lot of horror involved in not being able to see what's attacking mm-hmm. me. And yeah. so, like, my impulse is to try to shine the light everywhere, you know, kind of almost like I was walking around and it was like, oh, what's over there? Oh, what's Nerv- over there? And, and even when I'm just exploring the environment and there's not even that sense of, there, you know, that uh, cloud of scariness that right. tells you bad things are happening. It still feels creepy. Yeah, it's still, I mean, I'm still, like, sh- you know, fidgeting, like, moving my flashlight around like a fucking scared little girl. Well, because yeah. they'll, like, you'll hear voices and you'll hear, like, rustles and you're mm-hmm. not sure what's in the bushes. Or mm-hmm. there was one point where I went into a cabin oh. and I totally saw someone run by the house. Dude, <laughs> I saw that too. It tripped me the fuck out, dude. Um, so, like, so for people that just don't even know what this is, like, the what is the basic premise? Uh, I don't feel like we've said so that. It's actually Wake. kind of a it's actually kind of a mystery. The premise of the game is a mystery. I mean, we can describe mechanically what's going on. Well, isn't it like like the in the Vegas sense? It's like your guy's writing a book and now it's coming to life and trying to kill you or something. Ba- you sort of your your wife asked you to go with her to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're an author who hasn't been able to write for two years. Um, and it turns out that she was had you up there to try to convince you to write again and you freak out and leave this weird cabin that you were directed to and everything goes dark she freaks out, she disappears you wake up and a week a week has passed okay 
and she's yeah. missing, and you're in a wreck in a car and yeah, wreck. So you, and so you start finding these pages that say that you're the author, but you don't actually know if you wrote the book or not. Yeah. Mm. Like, it's and kind of a mystery as to where all this stuff comes from. Mm. When, when I saw the game last year at E3, I was worried because they showed us a part where you found, a, you know, a page of the book that hadn't happened yet in the game. Mm-hmm. And, I, and my thinking was, man, well, if they're going to sort of, quote-unquote, spoil every scene that's about to happen how is that going to affect me but what i'm finding is i think that's actually super interesting it's really great it adding they to the do it it's really very, well it's well it's 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 exactly you know it, it's like what hitchcock would do in horror movies like you know the the knowledge that there's something dreadful coming around the corner is almost worse than being surprised by something dreadful right, coming yeah, around the yeah. corner so you know when if I know that this thing is coming up, I really start to dread it, and it and it increases the level of suspense mm. for me. But uh, yeah, it's it's really good. And even, I find this I found the first episode to be kind of hokey, and I was kind of not feeling the game by the end of the first episode. Which is where I mean I I felt the opposite. I thought that the first episode was had some really good hooks, and it, I mean I played happened. part of it when I, at that X ten thing, and I walked away being like, oh wow, this doesn't suck. In fact, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I. Here's the thing. Uh, I have a couple of things with it. For one, uh, so far from what I can tell from the first two two chapters, you know, I won't talk about the second chapter, but... Because we're one. not allowed to in yeah. case people are wondering. We're not yeah. allowed to. But from the first chapter, it is extremely linear. Mm-hmm. And I almost... But, but to me, I don't know. That's not really a much of a dock against it say as like a game you know I was trying to think of like in Final Fantasy 13 you know a lot of the level design in that was extremely linear mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's like you're going down this hall you know if, if you think about the game like in one long hallway it's like someone saying hey Final Fantasy uh, this is a 30 mile hallway and at mile <laughs> 25 we're going to start putting pictures up on the wall and it gets interesting mm-hmm. but like Alan Wake it might be a, a 10 12 mile hallway but there's like interesting shit at Everywhere. least already, mm-hmm. you know, from what I can gather. So I don't know if that's such a problem, the linearity of well, it all. It's also the type of game, right? I mean, yeah. when you're yeah. thinking about something like Final Fantasy and it's an RPG, there's supposed to be a, a sense of exploration that goes into that kind of game. And, so and telling you, your own story. Exactly. So when you have something that's super, super linear in an RPG, it feels wrong. Right. But yeah. in something like Alan Wake, it's like... He knows exactly where he needs to go to do his next thing. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, if I'm Alan Wake, I'm just trying to get there. Yeah, that's And true. especially when they're like trying to tell such a very specific episodic style story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really need it to like stay on track to have the pacing yeah. to be yeah. right like a good TV episode. And they vary yeah. I mean, they vary the experience, they vary the environments. Um mm-hmm. Like in the first chapter you you cover a lot of ground in the second chapter it does something completely different right at the beginning. So mm-hmm. I just Thus far, it's doing a really good job of constantly being interesting. Yep. I, I want to ask you guys something. Did it seem to you guys, like maybe the the team designed two tutorial levels and decided to go with them both in the beginning? Because I felt like the way the game starts off, they kind of start you at a weird spot, and then they're like teaching you stuff again later i don't know S- mm. stuff like that seemed a little awkward with me but i mean how it starts out with like his dream where he sort of learns to do stuff but then yeah. you learn it again in yeah exactly that's exactly yeah what i I'm noticed that about. too i mean it's not it's not 
It's not quite like the two tutorials in a row, but yeah. it, it almost is. I know what you're and, saying. And, and my thinking was, like, what if they wouldn't have done the dream in the first place? Like, would it have been more freaky if we would have just kind of had the slow roll into it? But mm. I don't want to get into, like, backseat I think game that design. the dream is good because that way it grabs your attention right away. They don't have to. That's w- true. It does know, do that. The the thing about writing fiction, and I think a lot of game stories would have a problem with this if they did if they uh, tried to be told like a book, is that you need to do something immediately to catch someone's attention and skipping all the foreplay and establishment to just say, oh, this is like the the set of mechanics that you're going to be doing throughout the whole game, and we're just going to throw you in in a way that you can't really fail is a good way of getting people's attention and then they can slow it down and yeah, introduce yeah, the yeah, characters. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. And yeah. another thing that I think is real significant that this game does, storytelling-wise, um, that I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it, is it, it's almost like they don't... It's almost like they, they, they couldn't decide if they wanted to tell the story in cutscenes only, in, in where you're actually in the game... Only you know, like I, I I love the scene where you're on the the ferry boat, mm-hmm. like going in. They do this a lot, where mm-hmm. one character will instruct you to do something, and you're you know it might be you go talk to another NPC, and you're kind of like just having these locational conversations. You know what I mean? And but but you're still controlling Alan. And I I, I almost <laughs> liked that way of storytelling more than when they went to the cutscenes. You know, I almost wish there were no cutscenes in the game. Hmm. I, I I don't think that would have worked with the ambition they have for the actual story. Although, I, granted, I'm not far enough in, but it seems like they have some pretty huge ambitions as far as how how far the story goes and how much story there is. And well, the only thing that really ruins the cutscenes for me are the character models. When you see like Alan Wake's face, like Dude, I don't know if he was supposed to be smiling or angry, but there are times where it's just like half of his fucking face looks like it's broken. Yeah, like somebody man. just especially like, in the daytime. They don't emote very well. Mm-mm. No, well that's what I mean by like you know these are some really old school character models. That I, I mean think the game was featured. On like exactly the last issue of CGW exactly. before that was like three <laughs> years ago and it didn't even come out for PC or it's not coming out for PC anymore right. so that game has been a long yeah, time coming. I, I think that's just part of the product of it being so long in development. Yeah, but is, it, it's kind of easy to overlook for the rest of the game. There though. is one thing that I find a little annoying uh, and it feels kind of contrived is that you can't find all the manuscript pages on one playthrough. You have to unlock nightmare mode and then go through again and find the rest oh, of the pages. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. If you look at the manuscript menu, there will be certain pages with a particular icon next to them, and those can was. only be found so, in nightmare I thought those mode. were like super secret pages. So what is the point of finding manuscript pages beyond achievements? Uh, it gives you more insight into the characters. It's mm-hmm. like the difference between watching a movie and reading a book. You get a little more moti- about the motivation of people and like their mental state. Do you read them, or does he read them out you loud? Can, you can... You go to the page and he reads them out loud okay. with text on the screen. Which I really wish they would do the Bioshock thing where once you back out, they keep playing the audio track, but they don't. I I feel like there's so much going on during the game. Like there, there's yeah. a, it's a rare time when everything is quiet when you don't need to be listening for something. Hmm. But then, but hey, how cool is it? When you hear a little static and you're like, what the fuck is that static noise? And you find a radio, yeah. you turn it on, and it's like a little radio station snippet, like mm-hmm. a little thing. And then they go into like a song, like a really great song. 
Yeah. And shit like that is so cool in this game. Yeah, I really like that. The audio is sourced really well in this oh game. Oh my god, I'm Roy Orbison. Yeah, the, <laughs> the first episode, as it's called, ends with Roy Orbison. <sighs> mm-hmm. My only issue with the end of the first episode is that it cuts off with the title and then that it just sits there and plays a song. It should have showed yeah. credit. Yeah, yeah that, I agree. I, I, felt like it, they, I felt like at the end of the episodes they should show some credits, even if it was just like fictitious credits. I know? mean, it gives you the opportunity to skip it anyway. Yeah. So why really not just weird. show credits? Yeah. Really fucking weird. sell it to me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and then the and then the whole like does it do like the next on the next uh, yeah okay. it does like per like excellent does it do on the next it, it does, does on the previous yeah episode. previously oh, okay, on so, oh, okay okay yeah to clarify it does previously on which yeah. is good because actually i was playing last night and the uh the vaginal companion came in right at the <laughs> end of uh the first episode and she was asking me what was going on and of course it's like I don't really want to get into all this. <laughs> so I finished it, and then it said, previously on Alan Wake, and she watched mm-hmm. it. I'm like, so you're caught up now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I want to see that. That's the part of it that interests me, because that was something I really liked in that Siren survival horror game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was the way and, they did the TV program aspect of it kind of uh, really well. Uh, Alone, and, The Last Alone in the Dark did something like that, right? Did, yeah. although I never played it. I mean, I they, did anyone. they were big time like that, too, Alone in the Dark. But, was. Um, but yeah, Alan Wake's pretty good i'm yeah. surprised i didn't think that i was gonna like it honestly i mean yeah dude <laughs> after i saw it at x10 i was pretty convinced that it, it, it had a lot of potential i didn't i didn't when play I, it at x10 yeah i was gonna say when i played at x10 it reminded me a lot of silent hill homecoming mm. the most recent yeah, 360 you, silent hill that's like way more action right yeah yeah you had that silent hill vibe that like kind of a freaky town and like one thing i wanted to bring up is that I feel like they're doing a good job of su- uh, of so far of subtle character uh, development, um, and and like my mind is thinking about like when you go into the diner and you meet that waitress and she's kind of weird and obsessed like, and mm-hmm. then you also you go to the back room or something and there's that little old lady and she's like I'm scared in the dark, and, like, mm-hmm. just the way mm-hmm. she's animated, or your um your lawyer buddy, the sort of the comedic your agent, relief. the guy you can't talk about your because agent. he's in chapter two. He's in chapter two. He's not in. He's only one a voice all. in chapter yeah. one. Yeah. Um, there are, oh, and this is another oh, thing about man, the manuscript pages. We can't <laughs> say anything about it, and I wouldn't want to anyway. But there is definitely a relationship that is not at all apparent in that's that's specifically detailed in manuscript pages in the second episode. That's very that makes the situation much sadder mm-hmm. once you know that. Definitely, and you probably know what I'm talking about. I do. Ambiguous, anyway, ambiguous, ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's yeah. specific enough that once someone plays it, they'll they'll know what I'm talking about. So, what other uh, what Which other means stuff our audience has people seen and us. played? Uh, played some Halo Reach today. Nice. Ooh. I played about ten seconds of Halo Reach today. <laughs> I I only played about fifteen or twenty minutes. Some of it was with uh, David Ellis, professional shill. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was. I haven't had a chance yet. It was good to play with him to uh, to get some. Was that the cat that made that? At herself. She was really She's gra- She herself. was growling at herself, dude. She <laughs> was cleaning her butthole and then <laughs> went... Arr! It may have been her vagina, to be fair. <laughs> I hope it's her turd and was like, no good. Um, it's, it was good to play with David because David's been playing for a while, so he's sort of like, just like, quick, show me the ropes kind of shit. Like, right. we were yeah. playing a... As far team. as like showing you the ropes, like the level stuff, because I found it no, was really like, easy just to jump in and. No, not so much that. So much as like the the minor details about the weapons, like the DMR. Uh, you should be aiming a tiny bit higher than you think you should. Oh, mm. that's like really show you the ropes. That's like um, that's like. 
team SWAT uh, is instant instant kill for headshots and also instant kill with melee, which I don't think was the way it worked. Even before. with shields, like yes, oh, that, well, that's just that playlist is team SWAT. But yeah, specifically um, in team SWAT. Oh fuck! But yeah. uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the the armor abilities really do change dynamics an awful lot. Hmm. Um, the mach- the assault rifle was a piece of shit. Really? Yeah, man, <laughs> I fucking hate that thing. I thought it was at least like a tighter spread as far it, as I, it is a tighter spread, but I just didn't feel like it was doing very much damage. Um, a lot of people seem to be using the stealth uh, loadout. Oh, I saw. Well, of course, I don't know about. I only played that one game, right? But in the few minutes I played, it seemed like everyone was like jetpack, jetpack, jetpack. It is really <laughs> weird watching people jetpack around that game. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, where the fuck is that guy going? <laughs> it kind of looks like they're just all jumping off jump pads because it kind of has right. that same sort of slow same floatiness kind of arc, to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, at first, it looks a lot like Halo, but then you start to look closer, and the details are really sharp. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's something you only appreciate after a while because when i played i was like i can't see the immediate difference i'm sure if i saw them side by side i'd be like Fuck. like there's a lot of motion blur in particular um it's very subtle but it's it's always there um the detail on the weapons is really strong that's still there well um, i mean they're sort of handicapped by the look of halo in general right i mean you're still going to look like a bunch of motocross dudes jumping around the map true although i mean they have the the whole armor modification thing again except now you get points as you're playing and you use those to unlock new pieces of armor. Cool. And you have to pick which ones you want to unlock. Right. Nice. Um, I I did find myself getting frustrated with the whole everyone starts out with an assault rifle thing. Oh, I didn't um, see that. How come? It's Th- just like the, the specific playlists that I got thrown into. Like everyone started out with, with the shitty rifle. weapons. And mm. I'm, I'm just, after playing Bad Company 2, I'm used to being able to decide what weapon I spawn with. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of found when I was like playing, it was really I really did miss sprinting though. I still miss mm. sprinting. I mean, I know there's the one that can as an ability, and but, it is really useful. Well, of course, sprinting <laughs> is a useful ability, but it it's is. just like oh, you know, can't I, just sprint as default. No, no that's no, a specific loadout has yeah. sprinting. Halo's never had sprinting. No, but right, it has well, the one I, that has I'm, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew that, but I thought that they were gonna. I thought the thing was that uh, Spartans can sprint and the elite can dodge roll. I think you have that backwards. Uh, See, so yeah, so my one coworker that's a Halo naysayer was like, the people are going to act like this is like the way that Apple people freak out when they get picture messaging, something every other fucking phone has had forever. Was now it? Halo has sprinting, and they're going to be like, ah, oh, sprinting, it's so cool. And was it's just like, Brian, yeah, remember when other games had that? Was this Brian <laughs> Yeah. So. Brian is just bitter because he sucks at Halo. Well, a I mean, lot. I can understand the sprinting thing. I've always, I yeah. really, I really miss that when I'm playing Halo because yeah. you move so slow. Yeah. Well, so. my and my thing about my thing about Halo in general is that it just feels really, really slow because right. it's that's that's always been its style. But my actually my my I think the big the biggest reason why I never really got into to Halo multiplayer was because I don't like multiplayer games where you have to control the map. Where it's like you have to go and get the rocket launcher and you have to go and get, you know, the the grenades and everything like that from these specific locations. That kind of that kind of gameplay has never appealed to me, even as far back as the Quake days. I didn't like playing Quake that was like that. That's why yeah. that's why games like uh Counter Strike and Battlefield and everything really sucked me in and tribes because I could just take whatever loadout I wanted and get into it. But like I mean I understand why people like those kinds that kind yeah, it's of just not for you. It's just not for me. 
And that is, there's still an element of that. I feel the weapon balancing is more graduated in this and less abrupt. Mm. Like, there's sort of tiers of weapons that go up towards the power weapons and then back down. Mm -hmm. Although, Um, although to some extent, uh, controlling the map is still going to be a huge deal because you don't recharge health, so controlling the health packs and stuff is going to be a huge deal. Yeah. But the health packs aren't near the weapons. Right, but I'm still saying controlling the map in general is still going to be a pretty major Mm. priority. And getting used yeah. to the control changes is probably going to take a little bit of time. What are some mm. of the control changes? It's like a... Uh, right bumper is to use a grenade. Yeah, it's like they fucking broke you into the idea of right bumper will reload, reload. and now it's X again. <laughs> um, left bumper is your abilities. Or no, right, okay. default right bumper actually is not grenade. Oh, no? Default uh, right bumper is how you punch, and mm. left trigger is how you throw grenades. Default. Right. What? Right. Melee should be B. What? Yeah, no, it's not on B. I it's, use it's, boxer. It's the right bumper. So, so default, it, yeah, it's it's now right bumper. I'm always oh, used to the left trigger being melee. It feels really weird, right? Because, you know, when you, you're so used to holding the right trigger down the whole time until you run up to that person and then tapping B, right? And now it's like you take your finger off real quick to hit that right bumper. You know, it's like I'm not used to taking my finger off the trigger at all mm-hmm. when I do that. Go figure, so. Bungie, thinking they can reinvent the fucking wheel. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of... I don't yeah. know. It's but I I in the little time I got to play with it, I had a lot of fun with it. Today. Oh, I mean, I always had fun with Halo, so it was um, no, no big surprise is, there. Uh, is invasion? Is, what is that the name of the mode? Is that one? I don't in the think beta? I don't know if that's in the beta. I don't know. The one I did was like capture the flag and hold he- it. Headhunter yeah. is in there. Capture the flag is in there. Um, I really want to play Headhunter, and I haven't had a chance to yet. But man, is that, that looks like, fun. Is that like VIP that's where you or collect something? the skulls? Oh, okay, okay. And that looks fucking bananas. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, so far. Yeah, the the videos that that video that Bungie released like last week or whatever uh, got me excited to play it. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's see. Played some Lost Planet two today. I have player. that. I haven't started it yet though. Uh, have you got a chance to play co op with anybody? No, I haven't. Although the the whole game treats you like co op. Not only that, the whole okay. game acts like you're playing multiplayer matches on maps that have acrid in them. Mm. Um. There's no dying and checkpointing. It's mm-hmm. always respawning from a from a, a map node or whatever. Right, whatever those things. Are and it like what there. ticks like off your points or something. Yeah, it like ticks your run. battle gauge back. Oh, okay. Um, <coughs> and at first that might seem kind of cool, but unfortunately that means there are no fucking checkpoints in a mission, which means you have to finish a mission when you play it. How long oh. was the mission? That uh, the last mission I played took me 37 minutes. Wow, yeah. Um, I can see how that could be annoying. Yeah, it's super frustrating. Yeah. It just assumes that every match you're going to play is multiplayer. It, it's. I feel like we've seen it before that there are a lot of Japanese games that have tried that have done multiplayer and just have gone way too far mm-hmm. in a certain direction mm-hmm. that they see American companies go because they're like, oh, we'll just do that, except for we won't take into consideration anything that those other companies took into consideration and. Like what the original Lost Planet? Well, the the original Lost Planet that didn't have much multiplayer to speak of, as far as cooperative stuff goes. So oh, like in in Gears, the the co op campaign is much more nuanced than it is in Lost Planet. Mm-hmm. There's no jump in, jump out. It's not designed so that you can get to a certain point and stop. It's designed so that you have to play every mission like it's a match, and if you if you back out of it, you've got to start from the beginning all over again. Hmm. And that is really frustrating. And starting a match, it just assumes you want to jump into a quick match, like for campaign. Hmm. That's the default option for campaign. Hmm. It's just jump into some random person's game. Wow. Huh. So that's 
I think that's weird. Um, as far as the game itself goes, it's weird the way it sort of whips back and forth between looking really fucking good and really bad. Mm. Um, the character models from a distance and all the shit going on and all the particle effects and lighting looks pretty good. Um, it looks very reminiscent of Avatar, <laughs> which isn't necessarily fair because it's been in development for a long time, but it looks like Avatar without the Navi. Um, as far as like the jungle planet stuff as goes? Far, yeah, as far as the jungle goes and all the, the acrid that are just like flying around and destroying your giant army of helicopters. Who farted <laughs> right now? Uh, I have them sitting on a plastic chair. It would be much more... Okay. It'd be a brighter sound than the muffled Tyler fart that we just heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then you'll go in close to a character model and it's super blurry and the it looks like JPEG artifacting where the colors are all weird and off and super low resolution. Hmm. Um, so that's sort of distracting. But overall, the music is actually pretty good. The sound effects are good. The, the effects and the graphics work. Hmm. Um, the controls are still very Lost Planet. Right. Or Bionic Commando for that matter. No. I, I, I kind of found the Bionic Commando and the Lost Planet are kind of controlled the same. The shooting always felt kind of loopy. and Lost Planet is way less clunky than the shooting in Bionic Commando was. Mm. Um, the the thing that I, I can't fathom why they didn't change is you can't jump and use your grappling hook. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. like, when your character jumps in the last planet, it looks like it takes, like, every ounce of their being to it, do that jump. This is true. Yeah. But, uh, the, the, and, and the other thing, like, you can't use it, like, when you're falling or it, stuff that like that. too. Like, Although, yeah. occasionally, if you go off the ledge or something, they'll shoot out your grappling hook. Yeah. Not every game can be just cause. Lower you. <laughs> your grappling hook can always lower you much further than you can ever shoot it. Huh. Um, huh. No, it, it is funny, because when, uh, when I was... At Captivate, and I was playing the. They had a couple multiplayer stages there for for Lost Planet. The entire time, I was trying to use my grappling hook like Just Cause because I had just been playing a bunch of Just Cause, and I kept trying to like go like, all right, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm be like, oh no, I guess I'm, I guess I'm not. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna die. I guess I'm gonna die. So um, when you were describing the single player, it's not. It's no longer like stages and uh, like a linear stage. There where are there's a boss. There battle are chapters. There. Okay. There are you episodes. There are six episodes. Yeah. And each episode is a different character. Set of characters. Cool. Well, I mean, there's one main character and then three dudes with that character. Oh, okay. So the, are the dudes just dudes? Because I got the impression yes. it was like they were supposed to be like they're, characters. They're interchangeable dudes. Oh. There's mm-hmm. just one main character for each, as far as I know, like oh. so far anyway. Isn't there chicks? One of them uh, chicks? One of them are half-naked space pirates because it is a Japanese game. Uh, <laughs> so there are, there are episodes, and then there are missions within each episode. And I think there's like five or six missions. In and so we're not seeing the character from the original one at all? No. Or the... Well, not. I mean, he's not a playable character as far as I know, which is Wayne, I think his name was. Yeah, and like yeah, continuing the story about him and his dad. And... No, it's a sequel. Oh, I thought it was a prequel. It takes place ten years after... Uh, Which is why there's jungle and shit. And new acrid. Makes sense. Um, So it's it's interesting. It's not bad, but there are just a lot of weird obtuse design choices that make it sort of a pain in the ass to navigate sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has this weird in-mission trophy thing that doesn't apply to achievements as far as I can tell. Hmm. Um, S rating. 
Huh? S, S rating. rating. The, I, there S are rating. rankings per. Yeah. I did get an uh, S ranking for a specific <laughs> mission, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. How did I know? Oh, be honest, you're in Japan. Your lack of enthusiasm talking about this is 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 telling to me. It sounds. I'm, it just sounds like. Eh. And that's the a shrug. Lost, the original Lost Planet just so came, cool. came out at the exact right time that it needed to, which was there wasn't a lot else coming out. It had had this amazing demo that from E3 that blew everyone away because no one thought the games were going to look like that that fast. Mm-hmm. And we also went to the launch event, and that probably colored our, our view of it. And it had mechs. Nothing had mechs then. And so far, I have not spent very much time in, in a vital suit. Mm. So I, it could get better. And it's not awful so far. It's just very obtuse. Shoulder shrug. Shoulder shrug. <laughs> um, I feel like there was something else that I played last week. You think about that for one second. I'm going to tell Matt. Mm. Matt, as someone yeah. who likes Just Cause, yeah, you should. You, you even though it, it's only 160 points uh-huh. or a dollar ninety nine uh-huh. on Steam, um, the DLC came out today. Did it? And really? uh, it doesn't add any new content. Right. First of all, that's why it's 160 points. Right. But it does add uh, the ability for you to purchase from the black market boost thrusters for your parachute. Really? So now your parachute can just like open up and then you can just turn on the thrusters and fly with it. <laughs> that's so awesome. I just want you to know that because that that's the, the other thing you get in is like a jet and a rocket launcher that no one gives a shit about. Mm-hmm. But the thrusters on your, yeah. on your parachute completely Dude. changes the way you move again. It just goes to show that those guys really know what makes that kind of game. They know what makes their game fun. And right. they're like, let's make that thing more fun. Right. Yeah. So, that's great. If you want them. I did exist. remember the other things. Uh, one of which was Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands for Wii. Didn't look bad. When no, I saw you playing. it doesn't look bad. I, I played it at the Nintendo event. It seemed kind of cool. It's just very clunky. Visually, it's one of the better looking games I've seen on Wii. It is. Definitely. It is a really good looking Wii game. Um, not just from a oh look at all the crazy shit going on, but from an art design perspective, it's mm-hmm. it's smartly designed. Hmm. Um, but the combat is not good. Really, like, I felt like I was spraining my wrist trying to uh, to slash the sword because the pointer does double duty between moving a pointer around on screen and swinging it to get a sword slash out. Mm. So if you're not doing it at very sharp, abrupt swings, then it won't detect a sword mm. slash. See, why couldn't they just go on the A button? So it's God like, damn I'm, it! Like these are the things that make me hate motion controls. It just feels like I'm fly fishing the whole time. <laughs> oh, uh, you mean you don't feel immersed? Like you're the prince no. himself swinging your <laughs> sword? They talked about how they wanted an emotional combat system, and the only emotion I was feeling was frustration. Arthur's not the babbies that they target this at, though. No, the thing is, it doesn't feel like they're targeting it it, at the young. It feels like they're trying to do a very full-featured Wii action platformer. And on that, in that regard, they're on the right track. I just mixing combat and and pointer functions Mm -hmm. at the same same time, same motion. Yeah, yeah. You can play co-op, kind of. Well, it's like Mario Galaxy co-op. Yeah, it's like Mario Galaxy girlfriend mode. Yeah, it is girlfriend (laughs) or little brother mode. Whatever you prefer. Or shut a small child up mode. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, the the build they gave us didn't really have much in the way of story. Um, hmm. 
And then the other thing I played last week was the passing DLC for Left 4 Dead 2. Oh yeah, I guess we both played that. Yeah, and then we also played some more Left 4 Dead 2 because neither I I never really played Left 4 Dead 2. You reviewed it, so you had I to. I totally haven't played enough of that game. I, I Every time I turn on my PC, I go like, I want to play some Left 4 Dead 2. Do you have it on 360 or just PC? Just PC. No. Yep. I, I don't totally play need to then. play more of that game. You can ha- play it on PC. You I have know, a Steam Best count. I just prefer it on 360. You can plug in a controller and be a contard if you want. <laughs> <laughs> contard subsidize your fucking games, bitches. <laughs> uh, the passing DLC is pretty good, actually. I, I liked it quite a bit. How much is it again? I don't know. It's 560 points for 360 and free Tell me what PC. that. Tell me what was it. $7 in Earth Bucks. Okay. Mm. So around 7 bucks. Yeah, it's Seems yeah. fair. It's a, yeah. it's a little bit shorter than a normal campaign, it's just barely. Three, three levels instead of five. Yeah, but it still felt good, and there were still some cool crescendo events and whatnot. Cool. Um, it has probably the coolest moment I've seen in any Left 4 Dead thing, like the coolest environmental moment, mm. which is the wedding. Oh, uh, yeah, see, I wasn't there for that. Um, I don't want to say much about it, except it's there's a wedding and a very specific enemy encounter there that if you look really closely, you'll understand what you're seeing and think, oh, wow, that's really sad. Cool. And a lot of that, the passing is about these people tried to do what the survivors did and failed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like suitcases full of guns and money and mm-hmm. footlockers full of pipe bombs and, and adrenaline. And the common, uncommon infected is like a de- undead survivor yeah. who has a, like a med pack on his back and like Molotovs on their belt. A fallen like, survivor. Oh. Yeah. Well, they'll drop different equipment depending. Like sometimes they'll right. drop a med pack or a gun or a pipe bomb or whatever. Right. That's awesome. But if you hit them, they run away. Mm-hmm. So they can essentially, if you want to go after them and get what they're carrying, they can separate you from the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But can't you kill them before they run away? They're they a little bit tougher. Quite a lot of damage. They're a little bit tougher than the normal. Yeah. They're one of the other survivors from the first game. No, just, no. just oh. other people oh. that tried to be a survivor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of instances where it looks like people tried to make last stands and failed. <laughs> uh, it has the funniest room in Left 4 Dead 2. Ow, the funniest <laughs> pair of rooms in Left 4 Dead 2. Nice. Um, and of course, you'd find out who died from the original survivors. Oh, cool. And I won't say who. <laughs> Is that, it was one of those rooms where the Frank West guy. Yeah, there's a Frank West reference and a reference. There's references to both Dawn Dawn of the Dead. Basically, there's a zombie thing in the last five years. There's a reference. There's a Plants vs Zombies reference. Whoa, (laughs) Um, love it. Yeah, and then a a a room full of of like a bathroom with all the shit you'd expect to find in a bathroom, and then added on zombie humor. (laughs) Like call such and such for a good time. Don't call. She turned into a boomer. Um, now I just want to play the uh, the DLC they're supposed to release for the first Left 4 Dead that shows how that survivor died. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, that is all that I've been playing. Very cool. Well, the only other thing that I've been playing is I've been playing... I can't put down Clash of Heroes, so I'm still playing that. I love that game. Hopefully I'll finish it soon so I can return it to Chuff because it's his. He let me borrow it like four months ago. Are you going to play that game again when it comes out on PSN and Xbox Live? Probably, yeah. It is that good. And there are a lot of little improvements that they could make and that I'm sure they will. Um, And then I saw uh, Kanan Lynch and Death Spank yesterday. Can you talk about I don't think you can talk about Death Spank. I can't talk about Death Spank, so I'll just say that I saw it. 
And but I can talk about the Kane and Lynch single player because I know other people have been able to get that, but I finally got my hands on it yesterday, and it. Uh, um, I never played the first Kane and Lynch, so I can't tell you if it controls better. It controlled like Hitman. The first one did. Yeah. Okay. Oh god. Well, Kane and well, Kane and Lynch two definitely controls better than Hitman. <laughs> it controls like a third person shooter should basically. Figure. And uh, I played this. I played this stage where it was a, uh, it was a shootout on on a bridge, in traffic, and that was really cool. It was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, yeah, I thought it controlled really well. How did the how did you handle the camera? How did I handle the camera? Like, did it make you dizzy? Did it fuck you up? Was it? No, cool? I I actually thought it was really cool. I I like that style. The um, they basically go you know for sixty fps, but then they but then they fuck up the screen. Like they have the 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 right kind of uh, color occlusion and things happening around to make it look like it's a. It's one of those, you know, like $50 handy cams following you around shooting the whole thing. And occasionally, and, and when you sprint, uh, it has problems with the fast motion. Like it, just like when you see a lot of motion on a YouTube video, mm-hmm. you get those those big block JPEGing artifacts. Nice. And it'll do that like while you're cool. sprinting. So it, may, it actually makes sprinting a little bit of a risk because if you're sprinting, you can't see as clearly as it is when you're standing still. And uh, it has like, you know, as opposed to just a regular old lens flare effect, it kind of has that effect of when you have a, a lens bouncing off the cheap glass that's on one of those camcorders. So it's kind of blue and greenish colored and it sort of, and it puts a halo around some things and tints other things. It's got the J.J. Abrams effect going on. <laughs> if you want to call it that. Uh, but I don't know. So for that bit of single player that I played, I, I had a pretty good time. I have a feeling that It'll that it uh, this Kane and Lynch won't get nearly as panned as the last one did, and that was Anthony's comment. That did have kind of a high tone to it. The uh, <laughs> I remember one of the big things about the first Hitman was sort of putting you in scenarios where there were like a lot of civilians around. Like first there was Kane like and Lynch a, or first Hitman, the first Kane and Lynch. Oh, okay. like it had a couple that spots like club that, yeah. stage where there was the a first shitload of quarter of the game. Yeah. Is anything like that here? Like where they're oh, yeah, throwing the, you in the, big crowds? The and stage stuff? that I played, there was like uh, there was a part where I was going around these uh, these alleys in Shanghai, mm-hmm. and uh, there were people all over the place. Like there were people running away. There were uh, there were people that were like on their bikes, like delivering stuff, riding by. Um, so there were people that would like see you with a gun and go. <gasps> And then say something in Chinese and turn away. You know, there were other people that just didn't seem to give a shit. And it's like, as I was running through these alleys, there were cops coming up and trying to block me off. And then I'd get in a battle with the cops and people would scatter. It really felt like I lived in place, you know. Cool. Like this, like in a scene from a movie, so a scene from an action movie, which is clearly what these games are supposed to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, you know, you have a lot of civilian extras around that do all kinds of nutty things while this, while this is going yeah. on. Almost like heat the game or something. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what we wanted the first one to be so badly. Yeah, it yeah. was. This, this yeah. looks more like collateral. This one the too. I don't remember, but they did say it has online co-op, right? Yes, it does. Fuck, man, that that the first one that, that was, was like, such that killed a it for me. Idiotic yeah. exclusion. I realize yeah. that man. was a time when so many games that came out that should have been co-op weren't. You know. <laughs> no, that was the Kane time. And Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> that game came out when a lot of games shouldn't should have had online co-op and did. Yeah, and yeah. the kid just seemed like, like really, like in, in Earth Defense Force 2017, I can forgive it. 
Kane and Lynch. It was a forty dollar game. Yeah, Kane and, and Lynch. As, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. As we said while playing Earth Defense Force. Oh well, that would have been another five dollars on the price tag, right? <laughs> um. So else? yeah, that pretty much covers me. Well, except also I've been playing Tilt to Live because they uh, they released some DLC, free nice. DLC, and they added a couple modes which are awesome. Nice. I played some uh, Viva Pinata with my girlfriend. Viva cool. Peeves. Um, that was interesting only because she's never played it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was kind of weird because I wanted to take it slow and teach her how to do things, but apparently I cannot play with another person and have it go slow. No. And it's just because like I'm so high level that when I join their game, all of a sudden it's just like pinata swarm because it's like oh you're you're now high level for this to come this to come this to come before i knew it her whole garden was just like nuts and filled with shit and she's like what's going on i'm like well you need to plant plants and there's like everything's eating things and i was just like uh delete your game and start over i yeah basically i just need to create a level one if i want to play with other people yeah to teach them because i thought you were gonna say because you are the most domineering gardener slash pinata well, keeper that was well, ever there was that too so at some point she's like why are you planting all these trees i'm like i'm just trying to get you a bunch of money real quick hold on <laughs> before i know that she has all these trees You're just going. like the meanest son of a bitch that ever son of a bitch yeah well she <laughs> but she started naming all of her pinatas uh-huh. and i was like see that's like phase one to attachment that is why i do not do it and then you, you want to keep them you don't name your pinatas because you got hurt in the first game, when you named them and they died. Yeah, that's true. I named one <laughs> after my cat, and then it got killed. And, and you got her back and named it Robo Pee. Well, I got another cat and then named it Pee Pee Cop, as in Robocop. <laughs> yeah, and put bolts on her like she was Frankenstein and shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally a weird thing playing with someone else, just because, like, especially, like, you see, like, people love that game for different reasons. Like, for me, yeah. I'm all about leveling up. Yeah. And, like, when she plays, she's all about, like, Nah, I want to dress my pinata up in silly hats and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what? In other words, she is a girl. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. She like put a stereo in her garden. I'm like, what the fuck is the stereo doing in your garden? All that does is it takes up space, and it doesn't get you a level. Dumb. So, yeah. Some of the items help you, though, like putting the rainbow Right, in so some or... of them you do specifically need, but yeah. items that are bullshit never go in my garden until I see pinata X needs bullshit item. For him to come yeah. in, and then I'll See, put it in. But me, when when I play Viva the Pinata, it's more like I, I don't go for levels. I just go for like what's going on right now. Like I want to try and get some deer going. Tyler, well, we're so not, do I specifically. We're and, not talking about fun, okay? We're talking about levels. But <laughs> <laughs> also, that was the other thing. Was, since we were playing online, random people kept on joining the game, and I noticed every person that joined, no one was higher level than me. I'm pretty high level in that game. 47. I don't From know what the, the cap is. 238 people who bought that game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I figure these other people that are still going online, it's like... Is this the latest Viva Pinata? Trouble in Paradise. Trouble in Paradise? I mean, really, at this point, there's no point in buying the original Viva yeah. Pinata because Trouble in Paradise adds... It's like 1.5, but it adds enough features, and it's only 19.99 new. I feel like right. the first Viva Pinata is an excellent tutorial for Viva Pinata 2, which has almost no fucking tutorial. You can uh, you can still get a good tutorial out of it if you just take it really slow. Don't play with a person that's played a lot. Like don't play me. with Anthony. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. I really haven't been playing all that much in last week. I played Outcast, which I showed you guys. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. 5.99 on Good Old Games. My, awesome. one, of my one of my I'm personal favorite. Sure that's where it's just gonna stay. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite games of all time, and it so far it's worked really well on my netbook. Cool. So it's like a great little travel game. Still think that game looks great for how old it is. I mean, yeah. it's like eleven years old. Yeah, exactly. And it holds up really well. Yeah. And the voice acting still pretty good. And 
man, I'm just glad that I have a shitty enough memory that like two years after I played it, I can play it again and be like, oh, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> so cool. So, it's like uh, the goldfish syndrome. Yeah. So I've been playing that, and then I played some more Saints Row 2 this last week. Nice. Game is, I, I'm really sad that I didn't play that when it came out now. Yeah. Well, like, you are you playing it co-op? There's totally going to be a Saints Row 3 this year. And I'm actually now I'm excited <laughs> for that. Because no, it's going to be next. Saints Row 3 is next year. Uh, I, I, I thought, thought Red Faction Guerrilla 2 was going to be next year. And Saints Row 3 was this year. Okay, I would not we'll be see. surprised to see Saints Row 3 come out in November. That makes more sense. I mean, I should have known that I would like Saints Row only because like I liked the first couple Destroy All Humans games, which are mm-hmm. also just silly open world games. Mm-hmm. Like Volition just really knows how to just make games that are did fun. Did Volition make the first two? I believe Destroy. so. I could I be wrong, but I thought they did. I thought did. that was Petroglyph or something. Mm. No, Petroglyph they I did. I thought Petroglyph just does R- RTS. RTS, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. I will... But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, just in general, like Saints Row, it's like I, I started realizing part of the reason I don't like GTA is that it's all serious with the storyline. Yeah. And it's like with Saints Row, it's like none of that. And just yeah. <laughs> it has like such great side missions. And yeah. It's just so silly. Like, I just love that about it. Now, that being said, it's also not nearly as polished, I think, as Grand Theft no, Auto is at no, all. No, no, Like, no, you'll see no. crazy, like, physics glitches and yeah. all kinds of random pop-in and stuff. But, but, but they whatever. let you play the whole campaign co-op if you want. Right. And that shit like that is rad. I mean... Yeah, I just think that they just know how to just do things that are fun. And I'm finding that with open world games, that's more what I want, just like mm-hmm. Just Cause. Mm-hmm. Like, I could give a shit less about the awful <laughs> like voice uh, voice uh, acting and the right. crappy story, but it's like, just, you know, give me I mean, missions. Thrusters for my parachute, man. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like beer for your horses? Yeah, basically. It's just absurd. It's so great. Um, yeah. Tyler, I thought you were... Pl- oh, you played... You finished Conviction, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been playing quite a few games. Uh, how did that How did that happen? Did uh, it just suddenly start working? Well, I, I figured out what I had to, I had to do. I, I, if I want my 360 to read Conviction, I have to clear my cache every time. Whoa. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Maybe when it's streaming off the disc, it corrupts it or something. Something. It, it, and, and it was a miracle that I got Alan Disc my Alan Wake disc to read the one time I got it to read. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm in touch with Microsoft. They're going to see if they can help me out. But uh, As a member of the press or as a random consumer? As a member of the press. So, but, 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 but yeah, anyway, so I, I, I finished up Splinter Cell Conviction and, you know, and it's great front, front, front to back. And uh, Arthur, I agree, man. I saw one of your tweets about it. The checkpoints, man, they get pretty balls towards the end. They get pretty hard. Like they make you go through big giant fucking sections at the end over yeah. and over again if you fuck mm. up. And w- one thing I one when I got to the end of the game, I could kind of, and I don't know if this is going to make sense. I could kind of see through the gameplay mm-hmm. and what it sort of d- started just boiling down to was them setting up booby traps for you. Like that it, is sort it, of what it degenerates into, where it it's like, oh, ninjas! It went from you stalking people to just like really now ninjas? you triggered this, huh? Booby R- trap, really ninjas? Uh, third echelon Splinter Cell agents. Ninjas. You see, I mean, you see those at the at like, the beginning, yeah, ninjas, ninjas. Awesome. Yeah, sort of. Well, they have the same. Don't they say have, sort of. They they just have tell the, me they're ninjas. Okay, awesome. They're ninjas. They I mean, are they're ninjas. you from the other Splinter Cell games. They, they have, have SC three thousand rifles, mm. and they and they have the uh, the sonar goggles like you have, so they mm. can spot you from anywhere. Like you'll see them look around a little bit, and then they'll stop, and they'll go, and then you'll hear somebody go, "I'll locate him," and then it'll go boom, and it'll be like 
you'll hear like the... revealed and like you'll see your ghost pop up that they know where you are and that kind of stuff hmm. yeah but man there's that splinter cell conviction better than any other splinter cell does a really good job of establishing environments and like the world you're in yeah like yep. the chase and the fucking part where at the end where you're going through the streets of dc Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that whole the part where you can't shoot, where you're just walking. That whole part is just super intense. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's uh, that game is really good. The guy I was screaming for yeah. his wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, have have you and have you guys done any of the co-op stuff? Not I, haven't I haven't. Ever I, have. I heard yeah, it's I excellent. And it, it is. It is really excellent. Fuck man, um, I need to get on that. But like, I feel especially in the co-op stuff. Like Ryan and I talked a lot about this about the whole black and white thing. About how yeah. whenever you're in shadow, it goes into black and white, and it really kind of ruins the image that you're staring at on the screen. It does, especially mean, the game looks so good in color. It looks so like, good in color, and it's like I understand that you just you want to get rid of interface elements wherever you can, right? But that's a problem that Alan Wake actually has. Oh actually. man, I wanted to bring that up. Thank you, yeah, sir. I just, it's a little uh, jarring to see that shit on the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh like, yeah, especially like, the, the HUD in Alan Wake. Oh, it's dude. just so gamey. It's so. I hate like, that it has the objective up on the screen the entire oh, God, time. Dude. It's just very much five years ago. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that they said that they were going to give you the option to turn the HUD off when, when they previewed it to mm, us. I, and I, there's no option for that. There and is it not. Bugs the shit out of yeah. me. In a way, I'm grateful because the idea of being lost in the Pacific Northwest forest is fucking terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah, it, the. But it, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not like their maps aren't just straight. <laughs> Like it's not like the levels aren't just walk forward. Generally, yeah. Generally, you know, turn but, left here because there's a river in your way. Right. Sorry, <laughs> digression. It's true though. I mean, but in Splinter Cell, it's just that when things go into black and white, they just don't look nearly as good. Mm-mm. I mean, like in uh, in the Saboteur, when things were in black and white, that's when the game looked good. Yeah. Well, that's Agreed. because they pumped up the contrast level so that you had really dark darks and really bright whites. You know, it's the kind of stuff that. When when people could only make films in black and white, they understood that how how important the difference in value was. But in Splinter Cell, when it goes into black and white, it really seems like all they did is, is like it's like when you do a grayscale filter in Photoshop, you just you lose desaturate. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it's almost all mid tones. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it kind of ruins the look of Splinter Basically, Cell. Basically, in Photoshop, when you when you want to make something black and white, you have two ways of doing it. You can either desaturate, which just is like, mm-hmm. oh, the let's take away all the colors. Yes. Arthur is explaining this to Anthony because Anthony did a over-my-head motion. Yeah, you guys are all like in a totally different yeah. world. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it, it just says, oh, okay, well, we'll take away all the color information, but everything is still like the same tone, whereas you can also use the channel mixer in, in order to make a better black and white image, but it's more complicated. Yeah. So imagine like what you're looking at right now, Anthony, just like everything turned black and white, but it was the, but it had the, you know, like things that were really saturated and things that aren't really saturated, they just lost their color. When, uh, when you're talking about things like the difference between white and black, you're talking about value. Mm. And so it's like, if, if all the things, if my shirt and my skin and this chair that I'm all set on had the same value, but were only in grays, then like it would look kind of muddy and washed out. What you'd want to do is you'd want some way where anything that's dark on me or around me gets really dark. When right, so you can still tell hand. that you were probably wearing a blue shirt as opposed to a white shirt that is. Or or like or if if my shirt was like a really kind of like light blue, when when I went into grayscale, you'd want that shirt to look more toward white 
than, right. than towards like just some, some sort of neutral gray color so that it stood out from the other things around it. Another example of a game that doesn't do black and white very well is Mad World. It's where it's very uh, visually confusing. Yeah. But at least it had really strong contrast between the black and white. That one had no gray whatsoever. Right, I mean, that yeah. was literally black yeah. and white. There was yeah. no gray scale. But I, I still think Saboteur does it the best because Saboteur has really strong blacks and really strong yeah. highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's one of those discussions I think we need to have. You know, and Arkham Asylum was the same way where when you give somebody a vision... Mm-hmm. Or, or like that, you know, they're going to spend so much of the time in that view, you mm-hmm. know. It, well, mm-hmm. it's like in Splinter Cell, why couldn't they just have put like a little light on his body or somewhere, a thing on his back that like changes color when he's in darkness or something, right. you know? Like, yeah, I mean, they've done that before. In Splinter Cell, how come he not have light on shoulder? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, or uh, the game that it resembles the most in that respect is Riddick obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i thought that the chronicles of riddick did it a little better mm-hmm. hmm. um but uh, tyler i thought you played something else yeah too. i have played uh, other things uh I, I got an indie game to talk about and we fit if you guys want to talk a little bit about we fit i'm curious was, i mean do you actually feel like it works uh i think it's really cool actually um the but because I mean, obviously, it uses a balance board. So the main focus is is it's sort of everything everything through balance. Mm. And when I was like way into uh, fitness training and working out in college, um, that was one thing I was like way into was core training and mm. balance training. Like we would devise exercises where we would do curls, but one legged curls. So like lift one leg, do curls, lift so the other. Leg. Constantly, making yeah, yeah. Use your stabilizers. Uh huh. And and man, the the balance board. It's uh, it's really cool working with it. It's very um, the sensitivity is really cool. And mm. um, you know, Jody and I have just been having a good time with uh, you know, working out with it. The games are pretty fun. And uh, and and like you know, when I'm done with it, I feel like I. I got the workout that I wanted. When I mm-hmm. stopped working out, I, I stopped. I was just kind of like, ah, I don't feel like working so hard all the time. <laughs> and so working out can suck. Yeah, sometimes. But but with the the Wii Fit working out that I'm doing, it's more like when I'm done, I just feel energized. I don't feel like completely fucking drained. Like I couldn't lift my t- a textbook, you know. Or mm-hmm. some, you know, obviously I'm doing no weightlifting whatsoever. Right. Um, but one thing man it really got me thinking about was dude if they threw achievements on top of that (laughs) are you fucking kidding me and i told jody i I mean natal natal would be probably 100 percent. yeah i would not be surprised at all 100 percent. and you know what in fact i would expect to see ea sports active for natal i mean what it it seems like such a no-brainer and you know what i told jody from from that you know i told her the same thing i was like you know natal is gonna do it and i was excited because the feedback you know Okay, so we, you know, all, all all the balance board stuff. It's all about biofeedback, right? Mm-hmm. It's all, it, you know, it's telling you what you're doing, um, and it does it really well. And the and and the game that they program is like really smart to tell what you're doing, um, and sort of give you tips to do it better. But there are some things that it simply can't read, and that's what I'm excited about with the Natal because it has the camera aspect, so it can even tell if like if your arm form is right and stuff. And that know? thing, that tracks everything down to your fingers. So. Yeah. And, man, I was telling Jody, I was like, you watch, man. They start doing exercise games for gamers, and they get popular. I, go, I told her, I was like, give it a few years, 
gamers could be the most fit subculture <laughs> in the world. That'll never happen. That I don't, be, dude. That would be fucking awesome. Though. Not until like, they have achievements for eating right. It's, it's, it's suddenly, <laughs> it's suddenly like gamers just roll out and like they're all super buff. What happens and, when that? We all saw that Microsoft patent that would go that was going around where um, your where avatar would, yeah. would be reflected by your performance and how well you're doing in your uh, fitness. by your visual appearance. Yeah, and that 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 could be linked to that some depressing. Fitness game or yeah. something? Dude. I'm sure most people are going to turn that That's off. Not de- no. Dude, that is... I don't know. To me, that is showing people, here is the fitness carrot. <laughs> Chase it. <laughs> well, clearly, Americans have shown a, a definite interest in being told the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. Yeah. Um, no. No. That was sarcastic. <laughs> well, I was thinking you were talking because Jamie Oliver was popular right now. Tell me about this indie game. Okay, <laughs> and then the really cool indie game that I played uh, that that I'd like to pimp this week. Um, it's actually you can see so if you pre-order it right now, you get the beta, and the finished version is coming out soon. And it's called mm-hmm. Frozen Synapse. Uh, Synapse. S Y N P A S E. Syn. Wait. No. S Y N A P S E. Yeah. Sorry. With that one. One more time. S Y N A P S E. Yes. I think you showed me this one way back in the day on a YouTube video, and it looked really cool. Yes. And and so I and so I got the beta and so I played it now, uh, and man, just to kind of give you uh, just a quick gaming pitch, it's 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 a turn-based, top-down tactical All right, uh, the one shooter. Yeah, where you have say you have four guys and you give them their orders and you can test your orders and it'll give you a sort of a preview of where they will go, you know, the movements they'll do, and then you hit commit. And the enemy also has four guys. And you don't know what they're going to do. And we don't know what their orders are. And they'll do their orders, your guys do your orders, and you keep going. Yeah. And it's all about like, and and so the troop types are like machine gun guy, sniper guy, uh, rocket launcher guy, you know. Can you tell them like, like I'm wondering since they both go at the same time, is it like a... You could tell, like, your machine gun guy, take opportunity fire if anybody crosses this path. Oh, like, if, my if, God. If you they can counter tell and them go this so way. much. You can tell them almost too much. Wow. You can tell them to do all that and then some. I mean, it. it's really, really deep. And they sort of... Th- I felt like they throw you in the deep end. And now this is just the beta, so who knows what the tor- tutorial is going to be like in the end. I mean, it's a PC indie game. The guy's yeah. probably making it for people that want that. But just to give you an example of like how complex it can be, like within like one of the first or second tutorials they threw me in, like you lay down little points. And you know, like a point could be like a meter apart. And like it's saying, okay, this is one turn, one meter. Your guy's going to move this much. And with each point... You can then go in that and tell them to do specific things on those points. So maybe this point is right by a doorway, and there's an enemy on the other side, and you want him just to haul ass past it. You don't want him to stop, because if mm. they're default, they'll stop and shoot at the enemy. Mm-hmm. But if the enemy has a drop on them, they'll kill you instead. So what you could do, then, then, then you would have to click on that node and say, you know, don't stop for fire, and then he'll run past the door. Otherwise, he'd stand there and get shot. Right. Wow. Other times you want him to stop, and then you have to like go to that node and like drag this little time dial that like says, "Okay, wait here this long," and in case, then in case an enemy happens to run by and that's ten- and then move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because sometimes they'll be like patrolling enemies. I mean, it and sounds stuff. basically like it's like the the ultimate game made for the people that used to play the old Rainbow Six games and loved. 
planning out the mission totally. thing ahead of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. now they get to do it phase by phase and actually see it play right. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's... I missed that in Rainbow Six. That was a really hardcore part of it. Was yeah. uh, Did y'all play Killzone Liberation for PSP? I did. Is that similar? Or I don't yeah, know. I Killzone Liberation is, is like that only in the sense that it's 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 turn-based. And it's it's kind of like the way that Warhammer turn-based game is for PSP mm. as well, mm. where you can tell guys to set up for opportunity fire and stuff. But all of it's it doesn't it doesn't happen simultaneously. It's it's definitely turn-based, like really turn-based. Like you take a turn, they take a turn. Okay. It's not like where you're both committing to action and seeing how those yeah. mesh. Like that's okay. very different. That's kind of cool. I mean, you know nice. that you don't really know how you have okay. to. You you really are anticipating, you know, rather than like a lot of turn-based games. The way it works is during your turn, you do all you can and then try and set yourself up. Like almost like a game of pool to where like you'll be like in the best position for when they you're sabotaging them as much as you can. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like you're just you really are trying to think like what are they going to think? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do and how are they going to react to that? So I'm going to do the unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, and and it's cool. And the stages have neat things like uh like since it's top down, like there are walls that go all the way to the quote unquote ceiling, and then there are walls that are like mid range. So then your guys can take cover behind them, and then it's like mm-hmm. they get increased coverage and stuff um your rocket launcher guys can like blow up the walls and uh graphically like the environments are all just sort of like blue glowy it kind of looks like tron yeah Yeah. cool like and your guys are green and the enemy guys are red uh it's just really neat and like right now like i said if you pre-order it you get the how uh, much is it it's what 20 bucks i don't know i don't know it's like 10 15 bucks probably Slightly important details, sir. Slightly, <laughs> it, it it's made by a team of three guys, but and uh, man, I fucking wrote down the name of their team. But like I said, I didn't. Get yeah, you my can find it. Frozen Synapse. Out. It's pretty common. If you just type that into YouTube, you see the video. That's actually the name yeah. of the website too. Oh, okay. Frozensynapse.com. So. Nice. Word. I want to play it. Yeah, no, actually, I do too. I mean, it's it sounds really hardcore, but it, so far you've been like you know I like Toy Soldiers, and that was one you talked about a lot, and yeah, yeah. that is easily becoming. One of my favorite Xbox Live Arcade games, and I was glad to see that it sold really well too. Oh, it did. Good. Yeah, it sold. It sold a uh, sold two hundred ninety thousand copies just last month. Damn, awesome. that's well, good. Part of the uh, the block party, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, but I mean, two hundred ninety thousand copies for like a fifteen dollars game, and like toy soldiers, like what? Yeah, yeah. No, it's that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a really cool game, so I'm glad to see. Like, I would love to see a second one. Nice. Even if even if it was like in a different war time yeah. or something, I mean, World War One oh, makes sense on, just because of the emplacements. But keep going, World War Two. Right, I mean, it's just such a cool game. They really Dream do keep War. throwing enough different things just in it to keep no it going. No modern warfare, please. Yeah, that Maybe. would really make much sense. You. Work your way up. I hate you so much, man. Um, <laughs> unless anybody has anything else. No. Fuck, man, I brought up five games. Well, yeah, I've been, I'm the one. I have some games I can't talk about this week. Yeah, me too. Them, which so. kind of sucks. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break and then we will come back with letters. Hello and welcome back. Letters. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Letters. It's Letters time. <laughs> Hello. Uh, all right. The first letter comes from George. 
titled Being Yourself Might Not Be the Best Way to Get Women. Hello, George. He says, been listening to Rebel Fork. FM since it started. I have to say, I have nothing against drugs, I just don't do them. But it's like every girl I've ever been interested in does some type of drug. And each time I think i found someone that is like me and can have a fun time sober, turns out I'm wrong. I, can tell you how many, I can't tell you how many times I've been invited to parties and raves, and I really don't want to go because of the drug scene. I feel so limited in this day and age. Uh, I'm not socially awkward. I'm pretty outgoing. I consider myself successful. I live in Marin, so kids get drunk and high all the time. I have nothing to do but work. I love working and all, but I'd like to get a girlfriend sometime. I'm not going to lie. Getting very lonely. Well, it, uh, he says, uh, should I just give in and go to a rave and take hell of merchandise from a one-man pharmacy? <laughs> would, that get, would that increase my chances with women? <laughs> Hello, with George. Kind of woman. From yeah. 1998, where people still go to raves? <laughs> oh, no, there are definitely still people that go to raves. Yep. They're totally obnoxious. <laughs> oh, boy. No offense, Matt. I don't go to raves. Sure. I did. Back in the day. Right, but, but basically his letter yeah. was, you know, should he just cave and do drugs because he'd do better with girls? It, well, um, well, if you caved and did drugs, you would do better with the kind of girl who does drugs, sure. Yeah. I feel like the, the, the uh, they're out there. I don't know. I feel like it's like personality types. Like, you know, my friends, I have a super tight group of friends. I mean, you guys met them. Right. When we went to Houston. Yes, they scared us with guns. Yeah. <laughs> and there were de- and there was definitely like there's like the four of us who did experiment with drugs and then so there's the three that did not experiment at all. And uh and it seemed like there was uh similarities with personality types, like those were the types the guys the guys of my friend groups that had no drug experimentation were typically more the controllers and typically more the guys like who would freak out in sort of unfamiliar situations, like, Mm. you know, uh, like backpacking. If you're backpacking Mm -hmm. and, like, you're so far from home and you're so out of your element, the one guy that we went with that wasn't a drug taker was, like, the one who, like, had the fucking freak out breakdown. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like... (laughs) So what I want to say to this guy is, like, if if you're not the... If it's something where it doesn't seem like it appeals to you, then I would say don't do it at all. Like, yeah, if it's not yeah. something, if you think you're going to be one of those guys, you're don't just change have a bad just time to get anyway. women. Yeah, basically is what it comes down to. Totally. Eventually, they're they're just going to figure out that you're not who you purported to be. Yeah, and you're not going to like who you are probably. Yeah. And doing it for the wrong reasons won't you won't net the right results <laughs> unless you me. really really want the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Cat. Get the fuck out of Marin. <laughs> Stop I, calling parties find raves. A, find a new way to meet people, man. I, you can't go to bars. You can't go to raves. Okay. So there are other ways that you're going to have to find to meet people, whether that's like meeting people online, like they're decent, like online dating. Start a Craigslist. Post parts of your dick. Um, <laughs> uh, making a podcast does not get you to meet anyone. <laughs> Uh, so. <laughs> a lot of people in the Bay Area really like OkCupid, okay although it's a little treacherous in the Bay Area because everybody bumps into everybody. Um, but I would suggest OkCupid okay is a good way to start meeting people if you don't feel but like you have a good... But where is this guy from? He's Marin. in Marin. He's in, he's in the Bay Area. He's uh, close okay. by, man. Yeah, part of his problem is he's in Marin, and what I've heard from people... I've never... I never super rich in county. It's a super rich county, and it's full of a lot of, a lot of teenagers and young adults that, that are can very, afford very drugs. into alcohol and drugs. I mean, they're... 
I mean, I don't know. It, to me, the, I mean, this this could be like a really interesting conversation on like the social deviance and norms of like teenagers and like yeah. you know there there are you know kids definitely when you get to that age you know some want to experience experiment. Sorry, yeah. uh, you said but, deviant, right? But it also but helps others, have the money to do so. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I lived in a poor ass poor neighborhood. Shit. Yeah, but the drugs were probably also cheap too. Yeah, they were. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew who they were selling to. Yeah. Um. The next letter comes from Jay, and uh, he says... Good old Jay. He says, I've been listening to Rebel FM from the beginning, mostly because I followed Anthony and the other one-up alums. Initially, I was skeptical about Arthur's presence on the podcast, as I didn't recognize his name and, consequently, was unable to afford him any pre-existing credibility. However, I now count (laughs) Arthur as one of my favorite podcasters. His calm demeanor and dry wit offer the... Perfect compliment to Tyler's hilarious, seemingly Tourette's-fueled outbursts and Anthony's uncontrolled flatulence. My asshole was burning. I find that Arthur's reactions and opinions are often in line with my own, and I appreciate his willingness to offer his dissenting opinions as they frequently lead to interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Judging by the content of the letters you read on air, Arthur seems to be underappreciated, which Aww. you could read hated at times. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Specifically meaning Anthony hates me. So I wanted to drop you guys a line and let him know there are other people out here who appreciate awesome. his work and opinions. Aww. Now, if I hated you, I wouldn't have read that. I, I just, love you, Arthur. I would have just buried it. Um, oh, now I feel bad for burying all the Anthony comments last week. Um, <laughs> really, it, it's just pe- pe- sometimes people don't want to hear what you're telling them. They don't yeah. want to hear it. I, I, whatever. I mean, there, not, are a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of people that are only interested in hearing positive things yep. about things. and. Yeah. It's, and it's, Arthur is only interested in communicating the negative things on things. Exactly. Absolutely. Let me if it's shit not, on your parade. No. Look, I think we all understand that if it's not positive, it's negative. This is, <laughs> this is America, after all. Ryan, yeah. Ryan O'Donnell Black or white. writes yeah. in. Ryan O'Donnell. No, it's, just, it's Ryan, but not O'Donnell. <laughs> My girlfriend and I seem to be at our best gaming-wise when we play cooperatively rather than competitively. Go figure. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for more games they can play together. Super Mario Galaxy, Dead Space Extraction, Mario Kart Wii, Prince of Persia, and Rock Band sense. have been a lot of fun for us. Um, my problem is that I'm running out of ideas for games for us to play. Can you guys think of any co-op games I can pick up? We have a 360 and a Wii. Viva Pinata. She just can't play 3D shooters. Viva Pinata. She can't play 3D shooters. You could play Viva Pinata. There's also, I mean, there's other light gun games, of course. The Resident Evil ones are supposed to be pretty good. Oh, the Dead Space one is really good. He said that, though. So they already oh, have that. Did. House so of the Dead right, Overkill. Right. Yeah. Um, House of the Dead Overkill is fun. Just that game silly is and fun. fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, Wii Sports Resort, man. That game is kind of underrated, I think. I mean, it's slightly level. competitive, but not really. Is not Wii really. Sports Resort really underrated? Is a Wii Sports game ever underrated? <laughs> Wii Sports Resort is good. <laughs> man, I'm not saying it's uh, not. I'm saying it got like nines and tens. Did it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't right, know yeah. Funny little anecdote. While we were playing, like, uh, when we were playing Wii Fit, Jody was like, she was talking to me about it. You know, we were walking to get lunch, and she was like, the Nintendo, did they just... Do they not spend as much time on the graphics? <laughs> she goes, it looks jagged. Oh, the naivety of the non-gamer. Nah. And That's I was just awesome. like, don't get me started. Um, I mean, I Earth Defense Force would be awesome if she could play it. I'm sure there are others if out not, there. If not, you also said Prince of Persia, the one that comes out. Yes. No, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? What 
alternate reality where that happened are you referencing, sir? Oh, I thought you said it early when we were reading. Um, anyways, Prince of Persia for Wii when it comes out could be good. Technical issues involving um, time travel. <laughs> yeah. Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands. Um, I mean, sometimes if you can just get into the spirit of playing something cooperatively, even if it's only one person actually playing, mm-hmm. like you can take turns. I've had good times doing that, too. Definitely. Um the next Kane letter, and Lynch is excellent with his local co-op. <laughs> the next letter comes from uh, that is not true at all from K Mo, <laughs> and he says, "I couldn't resist uh, writing in after hearing your stories about awesome background such noises, such music's becoming a distraction in the heat of the moment." Uh, my long since ex and I were doing it in college on my ratty ass futon, listening to some dirty gangster rap mix she put together, <laughs> which is funny because we were both pretty much into the. Hardcore and indie rock the kids listen to nowadays, but for some reason she liked to get freaky to rap. I actually I know a lot of kids that are into the indie rock scene that find rap good sex music. <laughs> anyway, she must have somehow slipped some pretty silly shit in there by accident because right as things were getting awesome, the Mortal Kombat theme song came on. We looked at each other like, "Well, I'm not getting up or you," and we just went with it. Super awkward and strange, but I will never forget that shit. Test your mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I've yeah. had the TV on in the background ruin the moment before. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, if it's like uh like news radio comes on or something, it's like Andy Dick, no. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. So this next letter's from Ian and he has kinda it's a legit question. He says, uh tomorrow I'm going under the knife, a minor shoulder operation. Trouble is my arm is going to be out of action for up to eight weeks. Wow. Therefore can you recommend any games I can play with one hand? Wii games got to be some Wii games on Plants there. Plants vs. Zombies. True. Mouse. True. That's all he needs. A mouse control. Peggle. Uh, Actually, there's a lot of iPhone games you could play with just one hand. In theory, old RTS iPhone. games, too. Your penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, RTS games you could totally play. Yeah, with man. Yeah, just scroll with the mouse. But yeah. a lot of... There's got to be... Like, Zack and Wiki was a great Wii game. Civilization. Civilization as well. You could do with just the mouse. Yeah. Or, if, or Civ Rev, I'm sure you could do... Because... It's turn-based. You could just, like, you know, you don't have to have both hands on the controller. Oh, the yeah, dude. It's a rev. Yeah. yeah. And for PS2, didn't they make a, a one-handed controller for people who wanted to do RPGs? And- it was specifically a RPG controller made by a third party that, yeah, it was everything on one controller. So you could, like, thing. have the guide in your left hand. Or drink sure. or whatever. Or uh, slash fic. Or drink <laughs> specifically because they knew you were going to sit there for so long. But it was basically like, yeah, everything distilled down because they knew in most RPGs you don't need every button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so That's really funny. Um, The next letter is from... Whoa. Computer just went nuts. Sorry. So if you had a wheel, you could play racing games with one hand. Right. Gangster style. The next, le- yeah. the next letter is from Jesse. And he says... uh. Do you know if Capcom has any new IP coming out this year or in 2011? Every announcement I've seen from them is for a sequel to either Street Fighter, Dead Rising, Mega Man, Lost Planet, Marvel vs. Capcom, or Monster Hunter. Considering Dark Void didn't too, do too so well, at least critically, is Capcom destined to churn out sequels to well-known franchises year after year? Is it even worth it to try and develop new IP, or considering the risk involved, will Capcom shy away from that and stick with what's been working for them? First of all, Dark Void did not do well, and not just critically. That game sold like shit. Well, and he didn't see; he just admitted. No, he. I mean, he just he added the caveat that maybe it was just critics that didn't like it. Yeah, he didn't have any. No one liked Dark Void. I don't even think Airtight liked Dark Void. (laughs) Uh, And uh, uh, Ghost Trick we saw at Captivate. That's going to be a new IP. Is Um, that something new? If you're asking about next gen stuff, I don't know. I feel. I think they're feeling a little squeamish. 
Well, about but at next the same time, I mean, IP. look, I mean, Lost Planet and Dead Rising. Yeah, we have a Lost Planet two and a Dead Rising two, but both those were new IPs this generation. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't think we're too far out from like you know. I, I, they've established some new IPs this generation, and I can I can say that that's a lot more than most Japanese publishers have done. I think if we see new IP from Capcom this year, it'll be for DS, Natal, or yeah, Move. Totally. Okay, I'm gonna read this next letter. I'm trying to distill some of it down because there's part I wanted to read. Uh, comes from Chris, and he says, uh, "The last show with Scott Bromley was fucking amazing. I laughed my ass off listening to you guys talk about raw dog in it, and I loved the singing of." <laughs> Baby, hit me one more time at the end of the episode. Um, let's see. Um, but he says, eventually, the important part is that he says, I hate to ask this, but if you could, please give a shout-out to my brother, Ken Quinton. He has listened to every episode, gotten me and others listening, bought a couple of your T-shirts when you sold them, and listens to all the other podcasts you guys are on, including the Game Spidey Briefings and the Geek Box when you go on there, just because he's a big fan of all of you. Oh, I know yeah. it would mean a lot to him if you did. Thanks for everything you guys do and all the wonderful things you guys do, such as bringing joy. Okay. I just Ken. wanted to read that because... So shout out to Ken, eh? Yeah, his brother, if his, man, his brother's been listening to us and bought shirts and all that. Gotta, gotta give him some love. Sucker. <laughs> Thanks for the money! Um, we should also say hi to the guy that we ran into on BART this morning. Oh, yeah. I didn't ever get your name. Sorry. Um, and I know that there was like that awkward moment where it was like, should we talk to you? And we were going to, but then the train came. And then as we went upstairs, I actually tapped you on the shoulder really hard several times, but you brushed it off like I was shrugging. I was some like thing to be ignored out of a Jay Z song or something. Um, Uh, But it was nice to meet you and thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, The next letter is from Chad, and he writes in. This is a very short letter. It's one for you. It says, Tyler the Atheist. That's the title. Uh oh. (laughs) And it says, Dear Tyler, there's no video games in hell. Jesus kicks ass. (laughs) (laughs) dear writer there is no hell (laughs) sorry there are no video games in heaven because heaven does not exist Um, P.S. your mom is great in bed Justin writes in and he says uh, my Xbox 360 just bit the dust eight days shy of its fourth birthday my question is this since it's out of warranty do I send it to Microsoft and pay $100 buy the new arcade for $200 or try and fix it myself with a kit from llama people for $25. Do not try I've to built my own yourself. computer before, so the kit seems kind of like my best option. But if I f- fuck it up, I'll have to go straight to the $200 option. If you buy a new arcade, you'll get HDMI and onboard memory. Yeah. Wait. Um, if you send it off to get fixed, there's not really actually any point to do that. If you're willing, if you can afford the extra $100, then maybe it's worth it to just do that. If you can't oh. afford, if you, yeah, I mean, like the the twenty five dollars thing. If I had an extra two hundred bucks lying around, so that I knew that I could go buy an arcade if I needed to, I would kind of want to try out. I was gonna say if, if you kind of if you kind of want to try it, do the kit thing, and if it doesn't yeah. work, go buy the other thing. It's only twenty five yeah. bucks. Or, Otherwise, you're gonna have this broken three sixty just sitting in your house anyways. Right. Or pay to get it fixed and save your money for the inevitable new version of the Xbox three sixty that is gonna fucking come out this year. Yeah, that's totally true. That'll the I I think that we can all agree that that's gonna be announced at E three. Yeah, possibly before, possibly. considering they have fucking two things for us to go to. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um. Dear you guys, I always seem to have a good lifestyle advice for people, so I thought I'd share the bind I'm in. I've just finished university and have moved back home with my parents until I find a good job. Mm -hmm. This shit is freaking me out. I've been a student all my life, so I don't have the guaranteed return to campus in the fall. I feel really out of place. 
Having to move back home wasn't exactly a confidence booster. Did you guys go through any adjustment like this when you were fresh out of school? If so, please give some advice for new graduates who finally have to grow up. No, I went straight into adulthood. Bam. Yeah, Anthony, I moved here after I graduated from college. Yeah, as soon as I graduated from college, I stayed in my college town, got a job, and just lived with roommates. I never returned home. Yeah, me either. Um, but I can see how that would be kind of a, like, uh, why am but I But you're not this? totally, it's not uncommon. I know no. other people have totally well, done and that. And if he actually is in the UK, it's it's a lot more common in Europe than it is here. When I, uh, I, I, I went, you know, uh, I drove to college. I didn't move away. I just drove to the University of Houston. And no. parked my car and got out and went to class and then drove home. Commuter school. Yeah, so when I graduated, I mean, I was already living at home. I lived at home. You just didn't go to school that day. Right, yeah. Um, so I just did, like, substitute teaching for a year, and then I moved out. Yeah, this sounds like, uh, I mean, it sounds like kind of a dick move when I say get a job, but I honestly mean get, get a, a job. Get a job and pay rent and live on your own. You know, no, I was going to say, like, uh, one thing that uh, several of my friends did, and looking back on it, I kind of wish I did, I know was what you're about to say. be at home, get a job, and save a ton of money yep. by living at home, and then move out once you're like, all right, I have so much money in the bank right now that my, my stepdad used to call it your fuck you money. Like, make sure that you have enough money in the bank at any one time that if your job pisses you off or if something bad happens, you can go. Or if you have some new great opportunity, you can turn around to your boss and you can say, fuck you, and you can move on. <laughs> if you so, can go three months without a job with your savings, you're in good shape. Exactly. Ideally, it'd probably be money. six. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stay with your parents and get a job and save cash. They also have the dole in the UK, so there's that. <laughs> well, you have to have a job first. I don't think so. I think you do. Neither of us are I from the care. UK. Yeah, so. that's true. Neither of us are from the UK. Hmn. And Anthony doesn't care. Nonsense, no, so. fuck the UK people. <laughs> and I want to go to nationalized UK. health service. Um, <laughs> let's see. James says, I'm writing because I have a question about the games industry. More specifically, I have a question about your perspective on games PR. I'm close to graduating with a public relations degree and have heard on multiple gaming podcast that people involved in games PR are soulless husks. I'm wondering if there's any suggestions you would make sure or you would have to make sure I don't become a terrible public relations specialist. What pisses you off about PR? You know, what are some good and bad examples of shit you've encountered? It's funny like uh, You should go watch the video Matt just did. Yeah, we I, I did a thing about being in at Captivate and how kind of conflicted I was about that. And I was also on the Mobcast last week talking about this same kind of thing. So there's those two sources that you can go to to sort of get some thoughts on that. But in general, I would say that the PR people that are really good at their jobs are the people that are willing to work with you and never give you shit for giving their game a bad review. Because Even they if they're going to get shit for even it. Even if they're going to get shit for it, yeah. I mean, the best game and PR people I usually dealt with are people that, can, that know games well enough yes. to not have a completely stupid idea of the fact that the game they're representing is not good. Right. Like they they play enough games that they aren't just buying it. They're like, oh, I know this yeah. game's not that good, but you know, hey, I still yeah. got to rep it. And I'm going to do a great job at that. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, I'm not going to call you freaking out the it reviewed the way it did because I mean, great PR people would be able to know that game well enough to even tell their company, like, look, mm -hmm. I know this game is not it's not going to perform the way you guys are thinking. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they can they can almost like kind of be that like that first wave. So that where like that when the bad reviews come in it's like oh they prepped everyone for mm -hmm. it they weren't just telling everyone that it was going to do great mm -hmm. you know and basically like the, the the my favorite pr people are also the ones that are just straight up honest like i've had pr people be like 
you know, like you never want to be the PR guy who tells somebody that, oh, we're not releasing any assets right now. And then somebody else has an exclusive on those assets the next day. Just like straight up be honest with people and say like, we already gave that exclusive to such and such an area. Um, but we have this other stuff that maybe our we can corporate give you. parents name is such and such. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, the bigger, <laughs> yeah. If, if it's a smaller thing, don't be afraid to say politely that, you know, Hey, we gave it to the bigger thing because that's just the way it rolls, but we'll get you something eventually. Yeah. Like I like PR that it gives me what I need to give a game the opportunity it deserves to be evaluated fairly. Yeah. As opposed to someone that dicks me around until the last second and gives me something like three days before it comes out and says, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, usually that happens because it's a sign that the game's fucked. Yeah. So. Well. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I mean, sometimes they get it. I mean, PR people can get a bad rep, but my, like, very casual dealing with PR people, I mean, they've always been genuine, genuine generally really friendly and just... Uh, like uh, and and a lot of them just like really cool level-headed people too like people that aren't like their heads aren't in the clouds or you know well they, know. Uh, that being said there are there are PR people out there that that are punitive that you know that yeah. that'll actually like treat you badly and punish you by sure. revoking your access right so some of that needs to come down want. to the company you work for needs yes, to be like needs to know that that your relationship with the the press isn't is not going to secure like the things that they want. Like so many of them have this stupid idea that, oh, well, this only happened because you have a shitty relationship with them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just not the reality of it. Right. So really you need to find out who you're working for and kind of figure out what their culture's like and whether or not you can work in that. Yeah. Um All right. Next question. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much we can say. Like flat out, like we can't say everything about PR cuz I, don't yeah, know. I hate them all. Fuck them. If you want to work for Sauron, go work for Rockstar. I'm going to edit that out. Um, like, it's just, this industry is like Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. And there's a lot of stuff that happens that we just can't ever talk about. Whatever. I feel like if Tyler says something, we should be able to leave it in. Tyler doesn't give a shit. I really don't. <laughs> um, so Danny writes in and he says, when was the first time you ever cried and had an erection at the same time? But, what? but he says, he says mine was seeing the Normandy reborn in Mass Effect 2 for the first time. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny letter, mostly because I felt like that's something like that scene for a lot of people is like such a big deal. Dude, seeing the Normandy reborn was pretty fucking awesome. And when you get to walk into it and you go to your own captain's cabin. I did finally play the first like 15 minutes of Mass Effect 2 by oh, the way oh did you yeah and what'd you think and it was awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, and intense never, never but is that can't. like is that like sneezing with your eyes open is that impossible <laughs> crying with a boner <laughs> come on that's I'm so happy <laughs> next time you're crying try it out <laughs> alright dude um Salt so, water lubricant. So Will wrote back in. Will was the guy that said he was with this girl that refused to date, and he wasn't sure if that. You remember we were like, "Oh, it's just her trying to blow you off." Right. Like, okay. are you? Oh, you're wondering I if. She, for that. And I was, and was I was a writer, and I was like, "Oh, I was wondering if she was all about this one guy's book, which was called I Kissed Dating Dating right. Goodbye." By the way, right. Um, and he wrote back in. This is Will again. The girl in question is not religious. We attend a Catholic high school and sit in the back of our religion class, making fun of it for forty-five minutes a day. And didn't that book, and 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 she didn't know anything of that book Anthony was speaking of. 
Her issues Until with I asked her, her issues <laughs> with dating stem from her extremely difficult family life and her previous failures with dating. Her father recently had a quadruple bypass surgery after a heart attack, and her mom is in the process of recovering from breast cancer. Oh, Jesus Christ. She also hasn't been in a relationship that lasted more than a few weeks for over two years. Basically, my problem is getting her to understand that I won't fuck her over a week after dating her like the last few guys have. What kind of fucking dating history do these people have? Jesus Christ. High school dating history? Man. I mean, she's nervous. She's been divorced a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's totally high school. Dating I mean, once you've gone through two child custody battles, you're pretty much <laughs> worn out at that point. Especially totally high school, totally dating from Ubisoft. I mean, do we have any advice from now that we know that? Like, Sounds to me I, like she's just emotionally worn out. Yeah, and doesn't want yeah. to deal with avoid, it. avoid. I mean, she's avoid, like trying to shut down avoid. because she's dealing with so much shit. I wouldn't yeah. worry about it. I'm sure she'll go with the first guy that browbeats her into going on a date with him. <laughs> it's um, sad but true all right there's just no good way for that to one go. last no. at least one more letter maybe a couple i'm not sure so so i have a dilemma one that tyler knows well this is from peter by the way this is about pot he says holy roller christian friends <laughs> I'm, i know this pretty well too i'm rooming with three crazy christians next year for my senior year and the first full year of school that i will be able to drink legally if you're wondering when I met them, I knew they were Christians, just not nearly this hardcore. They tricked me into their grasps with awesome games and the love of awful jokes. My problem is that they are against drinking in almost all its forms in any kind of premarital sex, both of which things I enjoy. Uh, my question <laughs> to you how. My question and to how. you is, should I try to slowly immerse them in drinking and sex with women? <laughs> or should I just not bring that kind of activity back to my place. They are my friends and I like them, just not all parts of them. I think you should avoid the drinking and try to gradually introduce them to gay sex. Uh, <laughs> or introduce the drinking and try and introduce them to gay sex. Yeah. <laughs> I think the second would probably go easier. Um, no, I mean, I mean, honestly, if I was you, I would just try and keep it out of the house. Yeah, If, I mean, you're, if, if you, you don't have, want to cause a conflict. If you yeah. have other friends that like drinking, then just go out with them and crash at their place until you sober up the yeah. next day. So but what is this? I don't understand. Are they in university? Yeah, they're college. They're in college, and this is their senior year. Yeah. I mean, if you want to bring, are they and they're paying rent? I mean, if they want to bring beer, if he wants to put beer in the fridge, obviously. But he's like he's I, just saying I, that he's trying to he he's trying to, to be a conscientious drama. roommate. Yeah. yeah, and just avoid drama. He has to be with them for a whole year. I, you know I, what I, I mean? I what's, like no, what's the double standard here? Like, why Tyler. is he the one that has to? Because there are three of them and one of him. Uh, so it's Tyler, like, how many roommates have you had? Uh, two. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that that's I, not a lot. Is that I'm not saying that that he's he's not doing the like it. It is putting himself out for sure, rather than like, well, yeah, what, what he's getting into. I mean, what it's it not means like it's is what 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 I'm saying is he has to conform to their rules. Whereas yes. it's like it's not any none of his. Right, right. Like it is. It is all about conforming his rules and, solely and, for the sake. And this of is my thing. Conflict. Like I, I, I'm just tired of giving religion a pass. I'm tired of having to, of having to just always. Oh, oh, religion! You, you, you get the gut. You can pass go. You can collect two hundred dollars because you have a book that you believe well, in and would fucking easy. It's not, it's yeah. not just the re- the religion thing. It's like I, I, you know, like in our in our apartment, I have uh, I have six roommates and mm-hmm. several of them smoke, and we don't let them smoke in the house. You know, right, even though yeah. they're the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those things where it's kind of like it's kind of like courteous to avoid that kind of conflict, but. Uh, I think the drinking thing is something that like he can easily not do, uh, but I think it's kind of too much for them to ask him to never bring home a girl because it's because that's kind of like saying 
because of our because of our particular views, we're going to sabotage your chances at happiness. So I mean, unless they're like all sharing, which can be found ro- slightly below the vulva. Yeah, and, and if if they're all if they're all like sharing a room or something like that, then yeah, bringing a girl home can be disruptive. But if he has his own room, they shouldn't get to tell him that his room is his space. Right. Okay. I guess that's another big thing. Yeah. If Just, it's like your bunk bed, if it's there, if there's four bunk beds to one <laughs> two hundred foot square room, right? <laughs> that's a totally different scenario, and I can room. understand. Yeah. But I but I don't know, man. My frustration just comes from like. Fuck that. Uh, you know, their fucking arbitrary, bullshit, goddamn man-made written book is trying to control so many aspects of everyone's fucking lives today. It makes me right. sick. Hold on, but, but hold on, Tyler. Just Tyler. shit like that, like, stand so, up so for see, it. But, but hold on. But you're Fuck pl- that. But beer pull the fridge, cross Tyler. out of your asshole. Tyler, you're applying, you're applying your whole lens of looking at yeah. it. And I'm saying as a person that sometimes... Uh, you know, doesn't look at all Christians as being ignorant savages. I know that's not, Tyler, that's not this my isn't position. Just either. you bringing baggage. This is moving your entire like set of luggage into someone else's house. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not. I agree yeah. that like, like, you know, I have a lot of problems with the Bible myself. But, but I mean, I can understand just wanting to be respectful for that because these are people you respect and they have this belief that you do not share. So I would either do one of two things. I would either talk to them about it and be like, "Look, I'd like to bring beer and I'd like to have girls come back here, but I don't want to offend y'all." But I don't share your beliefs. Yeah, totally. But I think that Jesus would be okay if I fuck some bitches. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. But if they're not cool with it, like I could understand either looking for a new place to live, mm-hmm. or I mean, it just depends how much conflict you want to deal with, it, right? Well, gotta, he, clearly he like knows these guys and he's friends with them, right? Otherwise, he wouldn't be choosing to move in with them unless he's just scared to live with somebody random. But I mean, kind of the the point is that yeah, like it, it's it's in your own best interest to communicate what you want. And it's like, you know, because like I said, you don't want to be sabotaging your own happiness. Right. It's just I mean, so you, much easier to go over yeah. to her place. I mean, you exactly. guys. Yeah, well, that's true I mean, too. I mean, but you guys know me. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it in a way where it's like, uh, you know, fucking drop the hammer on your friends. But, but, but what that I'm is saying. sort of what you made it sound like. Th- yeah. I know. I, and <laughs> I, I, I realize what it sound like. But, 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 but what I'm just saying is just the fact that there is this foundation where it's like you, this one guy automatically has to be put into the camp of well since they're the believers i kind of have to you know i well, can't it's not like they installed a cross in his room or something yeah so maybe i, I hope <laughs> there are talk, bibles talk in every to room, are there i'm telling you gay sex i got one last letter to read i feel like uh it hits close to home in a way oh jesus christ um well, okay, so, I mean, I, it hits close to home because I'm about to admit something anyway, so. Oh. Hey, guys, I'm 22 years old, about to graduate from college. I am a virgin. He says, well, I've done everything there there is to do except have sex, so I'm not completely inexperienced. You're not a virgin. Up until recently, uh, I was, well, I guess that it all depends what people consider virgin. He's speaking yeah. in the purely uh, biblical sense, I believe. Um, I'm pretty sure that Jesus would say you're not a virgin. Well, it depends who we're talking about, Jesus, or are we talking Old I'm pretty Testament? sure God would kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but God says, but if you go by that standard, God would kill you for fucking masturbating and letting your jizz hit the ground. So I, We're still on the same that, page. The way. Um, <laughs> so, he says, I feel like I've missed out on some of those essential college experiences. I'd like to get out there and make up for lost time, whether it be through a relationship or a wild random encounter at a bar party or whatever. Hookers. My question to you guys is, since I'm a virgin at 22, if I happen to be getting it on with a girl, should I tell them it will be my first time? 
If it's a girl I'm in a relationship with, I could see that coming up beforehead, and I would have no problems telling her. I'm talking more about one of those random encounters here. On one hand, I want to be honest because I know some people might feel weird about being someone's first time. They're a bit more experienced. But on the other hand, I don't want to telling them to keep them from having sex because they might feel weird about you know, being my first at my age. I want to tell them the truth, but not if it means they want to have sex with me. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I totally space out when people tell me their names. I have this anxiety Alex. thing with, with learning names. I don't need to know this guy's name. He's got a new one. It's White Buffalo. You are the white buffalo, brother. And if you ever get with a girl, even if it's not your girlfriend, definitely tell her you're a virgin. <laughs> because I, it will be like the say. fucking Super Bowl <laughs> no, event of the year. No, She'll no, be like, uh, all right, it's time to. <laughs> if this is just a random encounter and you're never going to see this girl again, that is pretty much saying, waste your time with me, You never please. know. Who I, knows? Dude? She mm. might, it might turn into fucking. As someone who didn't lose their virginity until actually I, I was older than 22. Mm-hmm. Um but I was gentle. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but I did not tell the girl. You didn't. Actually, I, did I didn't tell my friend. Really? You either. didn't tell her? No. She didn't know? She, As far as I know, she still doesn't know, except she probably knows. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, don't you wish she knew? Uh, as an explanation. Man, but you know what, you, you know what, else, I, you know what else I wanted to say? Uh, is that um, because he's 22 and because he is older... Dude, I'm telling you, it actually gets exponentially easier to get it on as you get older. Like, people will get more real. People get more like we're just adults. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying he's a full-on adult at 22, but just... People get more desperate, is what you're saying. Not, <laughs> no, not desperate. Just more like... Um, I'm trying to think of a term. like More, more, more mature it, about it. I less think idealistic. People get, more, people get more accepting of their sexuality. It's more of a, like, man, it's time to masturbate. Like, <laughs> man, it's time to have sex, you know? It Kinda becomes just, less of an event. Yeah. Yeah. But uh but but Anthony, so and Matt, you guys didn't tell your girls that it was your first, but I so I lost mine like? with I have told We were both virgins when I lost mine. Yeah, so. me too. That was I not have my told situation. subsequent partners that I've only been with like you know, like this like I'm very inexperienced and they did dig that. See? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's a different situation. That's a I have limited experience versus I've never been in there before. Dude, I'm telling you, white buffalo. I, I, white white buffalo. buffalo. <laughs> yeah, and no one hunts the white buffalo. But I they all to, think about it. I, I try to never I try to never tell girls how many other girls I've been with. Yeah, that's asking for trouble. Yeah. It really is. Especially when I don't even know the number. Uh, I have heard that Matt's kind of a whore. Um, yeah, yeah. I, w- I, w- I know I firsthand even... that Matt's kind of a whore. <laughs> Gay sex. Um, Matt's my whore. <laughs> so, anyways, hope that helps you somewhat, Alex. <laughs> don't tell him. I say wear it on if your it's sleeve. A ra- if it's a random encounter, don't tell him unless it's your girlfriend. In my mind, that's how I think, or it's someone you care about. If it's a random encounter, I don't think I don't think that there's any point telling them. Totally if it's... think you should use it to get tail. I do, and even like after you're to a, fuck e- the virgin. Even when it's not I'm true surprised. anymore, just keep it. Just keep going with it. No, say <laughs> <laughs> not. Now I, I will cut Tyler. Okay. So good. For I'm, your first if that time. doesn't work, pretend you're gay. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's like lie to him, and then and then Tyler two steps further from that is like, and then they also sell these things called roof and all. Uh, I I'm I'm really glad that went to the date rape. Drug. Yeah, I'm totally a virgin. Let me get you a drink. 
And then take him back to your all Christian apartment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll, no, it's cool. She won't remember any of this. <laughs> what's that sling thing that you screw into your ceiling? The sex swing. Yeah, sex swing. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just thought about was that. Was there a reason that that came up? <laughs> no, Tyler was like, I want one. That was Tyler's first time. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Tyler's first time was in a sex swing. That so, would explain a lot. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash chuffmoney. Tyler's at twitter.com slash dirty tea like the drink. Arthur is at twitter.com slash A-E-G-I-E-S. And Matt is at twitter.com slash talking orange. Yes. You um, really need to shorten that. It's hard to retweet you. Talking so orange? you should also listen to our friends' podcasts. Should uh, I change it to Matthew Sean Chandernay? Just to something shorter. <laughs> Matt Chan? Matt should, Chan even Remember to good. check out our Matt buddy Chan. Ryan Scott's podcast, uh, thegeekbox at yeah. geekbox.net. And to check out... Uh, Area5.tv. Area5.tv. Assorted yeah, editorial content at Area5.tv. Um, yeah. I guess we'll see you all next week. Have a fucking nice life. Peace the world, man.